Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, personal trainer and nap connoisseur, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, we looked at some reasons why you would want to exercise. And I highly recommend that you go back and listen to that because it's kind of a prequel to this particular podcast. This week, we're going to look at some concrete ways and helpful suggestions to help you actually start doing the things that you have intended to do as far as exercise and fitness. I want to start out by saying you really should stop beating yourself up because I know most people do about not reaching your specific fitness goals simply because I think you're relying on the wrong thing to get you to reach those goals and that thing is internal motivation and I can tell you motivation is a horrible motivator which sounds kind of a odd statement I use as an example I have several people that I can count on twice a year they're going to contact me and ask me my entire exercise schedule my schedule of exercise classes because they went to their yearly checkup with the doctor And the doctor said, you are in terrible shape. Your health is a train wreck. You need to start exercising. So they contact me and they find out when all of my exercise classes are. And I could tell them pretty much anything because they're not coming. Now, I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm saying that it's so much easier to make a commitment before you have to actually do it than it is to actually put on the shoes and do it because whenever you start out the door that's whenever all those little voices in your head start talking to you what if everybody else there knows how to do this what if you're the one that's in least shape what if you don't look right what if you're not wearing the right clothes what if people make fun of you what if people think you're and you get all those what ifs and all those little chattering monkeys in your head that keep telling you you know that you probably yeah, you just shouldn't do it. This is probably going to hurt, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So what happens is you just talk yourself out of it and you don't go because it's new. It's creepy. It's different. An old friend from college asked me this weekend, said, what do you do to get to where you like exercise? You know, I've tried everything I can think of and I just hate it. People say, oh, you need to try to do something you like. And they're like, I, I don't like to do anything that's like exercise. So that's a terrific question. How do you get to the point that you like doing something that you don't like to do? And my simple answer, and I didn't answer right then, but my simple answer to you is you find a way to make it a habit. Now, the dictionary defines a habit as an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. And Duke University says that about 40% of everything that we do during a day is a habit. Now, that's a really good thing because if we had to stop and think about everything that we do during the day, we wouldn't get nearly as much stuff done. But for most of us, you know, we have a certain morning ritual. You, know, you get up, you, I don't know, you brush your teeth, whatever your normal morning ritual is, you don't have to think about it. So how cool would it be if we got exercise or at least more activity to the point that it was just a completely unconscious habit, that it was something that happened. And, you know, whether you really like it or not, um, it's something that happens. Because in all honesty, I, I don't know that I necessarily like brushing my teeth. I just like the reward from brushing my teeth. 
which goes on to the definitions of how you make a habit. A habit is anything that you've got to have a cue. That's something that triggers you to do that. You have an action, which is the habit itself. And then you have a reward. Now, when we think of a reward, a lot of times we think of some, you know, I get a new car. But a reward just ha- it can be a very small, seemingly insignificant thing. Let's go back to the toothbrushing example. If you're sitting around during the day and you kind of rub your tongue across your teeth and you go, hmm, feels like my teeth have sweaters on them. That's kind of gross. That's a cue that you need to go brush your teeth. Most of us will go find a place to brush your teeth. That's the action. The reward, you rub your tongue across your teeth again. Wow, my teeth feel good and smooth. I've got good fresh breath. That's the reward. It's not a major reward, but it feels good, so it is a reward. But what are some things that can get in the way of being able to brush your teeth? Well, what if you're at the office and you don't have a toothbrush? Or there's no place that you can find running water to rinse your mouth out. There's no place to spit. You're sitting in the middle of a meeting and it's just impossible. Or let's say you're just somewhere and they've got the wrong brand of toothpaste and you don't want to use that. So there's a lot of little things that can get in the way of something, even if it's an ingrained habit. However, a lot of times we'll find a way to overcome it. I went on a business trip several years ago and ended up buying a $6 toothbrush because I forgot mine. And the only one that was available was a $6 toothbrush, which I thought was a little pricey for just your average toothbrush. But I wanted to overcome the obstacle of not having a toothbrush so I could brush my teeth that weekend. So to make a successful habit, you need to figure out what the obstacles are and what you can do to overcome the obstacles. And we'll talk about that another time. You've got to figure out what the cue for the action is. And you've got to figure out what the reward for the action is. And they all have to kind of fit together. But on the rest of this podcast, I just want to talk a little bit about the action. Because most of us want to make the action some great, tremendous thing. And I know in business classes, you're taught to set big, hairy, audacious goals. And that's fine. But it really prevents you from coming up with a good habit. So let's say you walk by the mirror and you see that you've got just a little bit of a muffin top there. You think, I need to do more sit-ups. I'm going to do 20 sit-ups every night before I go to bed. And probably that night you will do your 20 sit-ups. And probably the next night you'll go to start to do 20 sit-ups. You think, wow, my abs are a little sore. I'll wait till tomorrow. And then the next night, "Eh, I'm kind of tired, it's late, I'll wait. And the habit never takes place. So what we need to do is make the habit, the action, so small, you can't not do it. So why don't we set the goal of, I'm going to do one sit-up. So you get down on the floor, you do one sit-up, you go to bed, you reached your goal. That's pretty cool. Now I want to talk just a little bit about reward, we'll get into that more later, but When you get done with it, I want you to make a fist, pump the fist, and go, yes. And even better would be to, in addition, somewhere where you're going to do your sit-up, is I want you to put a calendar sheet, and on the day that you did your sit-up, put a great big check mark on that date. So that every night when you go to bed, you'll see the check marks. Well, if you don't have a check mark that night, 
chances are you'll be like, wow, I don't want to have a gap in my check marks. Now, most people start to sabotage themselves about now because they say, hey, if I did one sit-up last night, I'll do two sit-ups the next one, and then three, and then four, and then five. Before long, you're expecting yourself to do three or four hundred sit-ups in one night. And that, that's a lot of sit-ups to do at one particular time. So just keep the goal at one sit-up. Now, is it a problem if when you're down there thinking, you know, one sit-up is really not that much, I'm going to do five? No. You did your one sit-up. You might have done four extras, but you did your one sit-up. You can always do extra, but if you just did the one, if you weren't feeling good that day or whatever, and you just did the one, you still get your check mark. You still get your fist pump. And that reward starts to hardwire the behavior into your brain to where if you, after a few weeks of it, you get to the point you forgot completely about it. You lay down in bed, your head hits the pillow, you get your eyes closed, and you think something's not right. It's kind of like a quote I heard. You get this itch in your brain that you can't scratch. And all of a sudden you realize, I didn't do my sit-up. So you're already in bed. You're already comfortable. You hop out of bed. You do one sit-up. You might have done 45 sit-ups the night before, but you were already in bed. You were comfortable. You did your one sit-up. That was the goal. You get your check mark. You did what you were supposed to do. You didn't break the habit. And it becomes an ingrained habit to where... Before long, it just becomes, as Webster said, an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. Well, I hope this makes your fitness just a little funner, and we'll continue this topic a little bit more next week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.